Hey guys, welcome back or welcome to the Crime Cafe podcast. I'm Amber. I'm Coral. And this is our bonus episode for February and we're going to be talking about the Bell Witch. Yes. <laughs> so like, tell us why you decided to uh, do this case for our bonus. Um, well, these cases. Yeah, this is a, it's crazy. My cousin actually lives in Nashville and she has visited the Bell Witch Cave and so has my aunt and my uncle and stuff. Um, and you can still like go visit it today. Mm-hmm. And I've just heard a lot about it. And, um, was it Crime Junkie that, or not Crime Junkie? But- oh, um, the Lights Out podcast. Lights Out podcast with Ashley Flowers. Right? No. No? Why do I think <laughs> it's supernatural with Ashley Flowers? Yes. Yeah. Lights Out is with who? With Josh okay. from yes. the Mile Higher podcast and his brother Joel. <laughs> yes. God, they have nothing to do with that. Yeah. Okay. So, I actually said let's do this case for our bonus episode before they ever came out with their video. Literally. But it's very good, so go listen to them, too. They're all good. If (laughs) you love lore and stuff, listen to all the stuff. Yeah. (laughs) You can't get enough of it. No. So this is like, it's lore, right? Like a lore-based thing, but there's also a murder I'm hearing. I know nothing about this. This is totally different than what we normally do, though. Right. Totally different, but it's fun. And this is a bonus episode. Probably going to be a a little bit shorter than our regular ones. Yeah. But, um... The reason I don't know anything is because I am scared. So I'm going to help Amber tell a story, but I. And for the bonus episodes, we are going to do different things, not just like true crime. We're going to do like paranormal. Yes, for fun. Conspiracy theory. Mm -hmm. Other things we're interested in. If you have an idea of like, um, you know, something you want us to cover, like, you know, even corporate corruption, stuff like that. Yeah rabbit hole type stuff or murders that's fine yeah. too just this is just something to break up the normalcy and yeah we cover some pretty hard hitters so yeah okay you want to start us off so for this episode we're just gonna have the basic story and then um we're gonna read like some stories of people like first-hand accounts yeah okay Okay, so our story starts in the early 1800s. John Bell moved his family from Red River Bottomland, which is now known as Adams, Tennessee, in Robertson County. The Bells had three more children when they moved to Tennessee, and they had a good life in the earlier years. But our real story will start in 1817. Wow. Yeah, so they lived here for a while before... Things got weird. So, I'm not sure of the exact day, and no one really is, but one day when John Bell was out in his field, he saw an animal that had the body of the dog and the head of a rabbit. Oh, Yeah, so... <laughs> that's crazy. That's that's really creepy. Did he write that down? Um. Yeah, and he told. Oh, word people. of mouth? Yeah. yeah. So, he shot at the animal, but it vanished. And then, it said that he didn't really think anything else of the incident. Right. 
Could be like his imagination, he thought, or something. Yeah, I don't, he didn't go right away and like tell people. Right. He told a little while after. So, he thought about it again after dinner when they started to hear beating sounds on the outside of the walls of their log home. Stop. Yeah. Yeah, it just went straight from like nothing to everything. Creepy. Yes. So, after this night, the sounds continued and increased in frequency and force each night. John and his sons would rush out, but always return empty-handed. What did the wife feel about this? Did she... Oh, her and the daughters were freaked out. Yeah. They were all freaked out. Um, but what could you do? Yeah, it was completely... They complete, never found it. Yeah. Completely unexplainable. Mm-hmm. So, in the following weeks, the Bell children began to experience things. So, John saw the first thing, but then it kind of started with the children. They would wake up scared, saying that rats were chewing at the bedpost. And they started to complain that the covers and pillows were being pulled off them and thrown in the floor. Stop. Yeah. I would scream if a kid told me that. Yeah. I would run away. And it's not just one. It's all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Ew, chewing at the bedpost. Yeah, and there were no marks on them or anything. (gasps) But they were hearing it. Imagine. Yeah. So, when this started, it wasn't violent, but over time it does become violent. So, you know, the chewing, the beating, I mean, even jerking the covers off. That's kind of innocent, but... They eventually started to hear whispering voices, and they were weak and, like, really hard to hear. But they were said to have heard, like, a feeble old woman singing hymns. I would move out. Yeah. Bye. This is so creepy. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, do you want me to read? You can. Okay. These encounters escalated to the Bell's youngest daughter, Betsy. She began experiencing brutal encounters. They would pull it like it the entity would like pull her hair and slap her re- restlessly. Oh my god. These encounters started to leave welts and handprints on Betsy. Yeah. So John had actually gotten his family to vow the disturbances were to be kept secrets. But they finally escalated to the point that John shared with his best friend and neighbor about his, quote, family troubles. This neighbor was James Johnston. So he was, he, I think he was afraid that if they told they would be labeled as the crazy people. Yeah, that would sound crazy. Yeah, nobody's going to believe it. But it was leaving proof on Betsy. Yeah, and they would blame it on them if he didn't tell somebody. Exactly. So, James was skeptical at first, you know, obviously, uh, but him and his wife spent the night at the Bell home. Things started off fine this night until they actually went to bed and the Johnstons experienced the same thing the Bell family did. Once the bed covers were pulled off, once the bed covers were pulled off of them and James was slapped, God, yeah, he sprang out of bed and exclaimed, quote, in the name of the Lord, who are you and what do you want? End quote. He got no response, and the rest of the night was peaceful. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Oh, that's weird. The next morning, oh, he... I'm so sorry. No, that's okay. <laughs> was a till peaceful. <laughs> I was sleep deprived. I'm so sorry. No, same. <laughs> the next morning, he told the bells the culprit was likely an evil spirit, the kind that the Bible talks about. I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> so he he believes them too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm. There are a lot of people that um like believe in this we're about to hear about mm-hmm. really big yeah. name right here so three of the bellboys had actually fought under general andrew jackson in the battle of new orleans and a couple years after the first off experience andrew heard about these disturb- disturbances and um he decided he would visit the bell home are you serious yeah andrew jackson oh my god famous <laughs> So, Jackson brought several men, well-groomed horses, and a large wagon. As they approached the property, the wagon came to a sudden stop. Mm. The men thought the wagon had gotten stuck in Mm -hmm. a muddy creek bed and that the horses couldn't pull it. After cursing and trying to get the horses to pull the wagon, Jackson proclaimed, quote, By the eternal, boys, that must be the bell witch. I'm going to vomit. End quote. (laughs) Uh, it's never the mud, okay, no. when you're dealing with a witch. So, after he says this, they heard a disembodied female voice tell Jackson they could proceed and she would see them again later. So, she literally said, go on, I'll see you later. <laughs> Tears are, like, welling up in my eyes a little bit. Yeah. So, they then made it to the bell home, and later Jackson told war stories while the men he brought set up tents in the yard. One man had even said he was a, quote-unquote, witch tamer. Amazing. <laughs> so They noth- all were in the 1800s, literally. weren't they? So, nothing <laughs> happened at first. Then the witch tamer pulled out a shiny pistol and proclaimed that its silver bullet would kill any evil spirit that it came into contact with. He then said the reason nothing was happening is because it was scared of his bullet. Immediately, (laughs) this man started to scream and jerk his body in different directions. He was complaining he was being stuck with pins and beaten severely after a, quote, strong, swift kick to the man's posterior region, from an invisible foot sent him out the front door and she kicked his ass yeah literally <laughs> strong swift kick she's like i'm scared of your bullet my ass <laughs> yeah then an angry entity voice spoke up and said another fraud had come with jackson and she would identify him the next evening so she was saying he was a fraud and not a witch tamer yeah she's right <laughs> Yes, so now these people are terrified and they're begging to leave. The men that came with Jackson are terrified. Duh. However, Jackson insisted they stay because he wanted to know who the other fraud was. (laughs) Literally same. (laughs) So I'd be like, no, y'all can stay. (laughs) So these men eventually just gave up and they went out and sleep in the tents. Then it's really unknown what happened next, but apparently the next morning, Jackson and his entourage were spotted in Springfield, headed to Nashville. Bye. So, 
he doesn't say what happened. The Bells don't say what happened, but they leave. They don't wait to find out who the fraud is. Oh, they don't? No. So they, something... left, they left the next morning. So something happened. They were like, bye. <laughs> yeah. She said, I'll tell you the next evening. But the next morning they were seen already in Springfield. Okay. <laughs> so over time, Betsy, the daughter, um, the entity had been extremely mean Two became interested in in a man named Joshua Gardner. So I don't know why, but the entity was fond of Betsy and John. But he that, beat her. Yeah, but but she beat her. That was like her favorites to like pick at and be mean to. Oh, oh, favorite? You mean? Yeah. Like, okay. Not, not it's like, not good okay. to be the favorite. Okay. <laughs> She's number one on that list. Okay. Yeah. Um. So they decided to marry. And this made the entity furious, and she repeatedly ordered Betsy not to marry him. Come to find out, Betsy and Joshua's former teacher uh, was interested in Betsy and expressed interest in marrying her when she got older. This man was Professor Richard Powell. Some say that Powell was a student of the occult, ventriloquism, and a a mathematical genius and was well-versed in horticulture and geology. He was 11 years older than Betsy. And was secretly married to a woman in nearby Nashville, Esther Scott. Okay. Why would she be interested in him? She's not. Good. He's he's interested in her. Yeah, punch. <coughs> so disgust. Yeah. Um I don't know why anyone thought she would go with him. Yeah. And I don't know why he was secretly married. Like, I couldn't figure out. I guess he just didn't tell Betsy. But maybe he told other people. I don't know. Maybe this is found out later. Yeah, I couldn't figure. I looked. I I wonder if he has a child with her or something. I don't know. Because that does seem like something he would do. Leave Nashville and go like two minutes away somewhere else. Yeah, to teach. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um. It said that Betsy and Josh couldn't go to the river fields or caves to play without being nagged by the entity. And in 1821, so like four years after this all began, Betsy broke off the engagement. This actually stopped the disturbances. Or they decreased. Yeah, they decreased. (laughs) They didn't stop. The story doesn't end there. (laughs) The entity continued to express that she didn't like John Bell. She relentlessly vowed to kill him. Oh my god, calm down. Yeah. John began experiencing episodes of twitching in his face and difficulty swallowing for almost a year. This grew worse with time. By the fall of 1820, his declining health had confined him to the house. So, that's like three years after this all started. He's already confined to the house from this entity continuously removed his shoes when he tried to walk oh. slapped him in his face when he was recovering from his numerous seizures she's so mean yeah talk about salt in the wound literally her shrill voice was heard all over the farm cursing and chastising old jack bell the nickname she had given john bell I don't know why she called him Jack instead of John. I don't know. 
That's weird. That must be an old nickname for John. I think. Or like to be disrespectful. Like I can't even uh, remember your name. Probably. Yeah. String beans. Yeah. <laughs> can't remember. Um, John Bell died on the morning of December 20th, 1820. Oh my god. So, he had been in a coma since the day before. And right after his death, the family finds strange black liquid in a vial in the cupboard. John Jr. sprinkled two drops of liquid on the cat's tongue. Okay. Um, (laughs) Trigger warning. Yeah. The cat jumped into the air, rolled over in midair, and was dead when it hit the floor. Then, right after this happened, the entity exclaimed, I gave old Jack a big dose of that last night, which fixed him. I bet it did. Yeah. John Jr. tossed the mysterious vial into the fireplace. It burst into a bright blue flame and shot up the chimney. Like, this literally sounds crazy. I hate this bitch. I know. So. Okay, I'm going to be honest. I I knew there was a murder involved, but I literally didn't expect it to be him. Yeah. This was like the first, um, like, confirmed homicide of an entity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or something like. Like where it was, unex- it was unexplained <clears throat> and it was, yeah, entity was involved. Which, I'm not saying that, like, this isn't true or this didn't happen, but somebody else could have gave him something or he could have just died and they could have... I think I already have a theory of what's going on, but I'll talk about it later. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, John actually had one of the biggest funerals ever held in Robertson County, Tennessee. People attended from miles around and he had three preachers. My God. Yeah. (laughs) Literally. <laughs> the Bell Witch entity laughed and sang a song about a bottle of brandy. Not sure exactly what song. And she didn't stop singing until everyone left the graveyard. Then, she just basically left. Amazing. Until... I'm gonna kill. 1828. So, eight years later, she comes back. The entity had visited John's widow in 1821 and said she would return in seven years. And she did. Oh my gosh. So most of the return visit actually centered on John Bell Jr. with whom the entity discussed the origin of life, civilizations, Christianity, and the need for a major spiritual reawakening. Of particular significance were its predictions of the Civil War and other major events, some of which she missed, though. (laughs) But she predicted the Civil War. That's creepy. Yeah. And I don't know why, like, she came back to talk with John Jr. about the origin of life, civilizations, Christianity, or the need for a major spiritual awakening. Like, how did he get that lucky? I don't know. I wish somebody would talk to me about that. Yeah. Somebody that knew. (laughs) (coughs) That's so strange to me. So, the entity stayed for three weeks, then left, and she said she would visit John Bell's most direct descendant in 107 years. 
So, I don't know why she, like, randomly appeared, then went away for seven years, came back for three weeks, and then said, in 107 years, I'll be back. But anyway, that was in 1935. So, the descendant was a Nashville physician, Dr. Charles Bailey Bell, a neurologist, and John Bell Sr.'s great-grandson. So, it said that she didn't return, or if she did, they didn't know it. However, some think she never left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I have heard, and I didn't put this in here because it wasn't talked about in this, and I'm not sure, but I heard a story from some, I don't know, I just heard it, like, from my uncle or my aunt or somebody. Right. That... They had went into the cave that was on the property and, like, found a skull or a tooth or something. And somehow a tooth got knocked up under the porch. And that's when she started. They think it was the witch's tooth. I like that theory. (coughs) And they thought she might have actually been, like, Native American. Oh. Yeah. The bell witch? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I... Before we read the stories, I have a theory. Okay, have you listened or read anything about the Salem witch trials? Like, what actually happened? Like, the real story? Um, probably not. I've listened to some stuff about it, but I don't know. So, they thought that these three women were casting spells (coughs) on people Mm -hmm. in this family. But it was really, um, a chemical from their bread or something like it was bad. It was it was like Oh, like the yeast was bad. Something like it? that. It was like a I'd it, heard something about that. I think. It created like psycho um like hallucinations, anger, um you know, it, it caused them to freak out and seem like they're possessed and everything. Mm-hmm. What if it made them hear all this stuff? I mean, I don't know, you know. I'm scared. <laughs> Like, what if the bells like were Like, what if the same thing something? happened to them? Because it was around the same time, and, like, the practices for cooking and stuff were similar. Yeah, I just feel like, how did the neighbor come and instantly, and Andrew Jackson... See, that's the thing. The men of Andrew no. Jackson. And also, um... I guess whenever you go to the Bell Witch Cave and, like, tour it, maybe the guide tells you something. But my cousin told me that, like, people would take a rock or take something, like, I guess a rock would really be the only thing you could take out of a cave. But they would take something and they would end up sending it back and saying, please throw this back in the cave. Bad things have happened to my family since I took this. Mm. Yeah. Hate. Yeah, there's a lot of really creepy things um, about the Bell Witch. And a lot of different theories about it. Oh, yeah. You know. I'm looking at the pictures now. They're really creepy. Yeah. There's a band called Bell Witch. (laughs) Okay, so I found um, an experience story on Reddit. Yes. By 
the law underscore son. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're coming for you. Yes. And um, it was called My Experiences with the Bell Witch Haunting. Ugh. So I lived in Adams, Tennessee growing up from about ages 14 to 18, 2004 to 2008. A couple of weeks after my family and I moved there, something unexpected happening happened. <laughs> I was mowing on my dad's tractor with a big eight foot wide back end mower. I was going down a hill when my horizon line violently was thrown around as the tractor tires hit something. I disengaged the mower, pulled the tractor around at the base of the hill I'd just gone down. My blood went cold as I looked up through the swath. Swath? I don't know what that word is exactly. Like pile? Yeah, I guess so. Okay, so my blade, my blood went cold as I look up through the swath I just cut. Like a buzzer going down the middle of someone's head making a lane in the grass. In that lane were four Native American burial grounds. Stop. I know. <laughs> so his parents started reaching out to anyone who might be able to help us identify the graves um, anthropologists, historians, accredited people, etc. Those people unanimously agreed that these four graves were from the Trail of Tears. So this might even be more than just the Bell Yeah. <laughs> so they co corroborated this from what I remember because of how their graves were laid. Very, very shallow with a giant slab of stone where a gravestone would be. The fact that they were interned on a hillside to keep the water from sinking in and raising the bodies since they had to bury them so quickly and many other reasons. I consider myself a very logically driven and rationally minded person. Basically, I let my imperial senses try to explain something before I'll open myself to other possibilities. Yet, there were things that happened to me and my whole family that we weren't able to rationalize with the scientific mindset or anything logical. So, event one. No. The, the activity in our house started shortly after the mowing incident. We heard heavy knocking and pounding on the brick outer wall of the house, encircling the house. No matter where you were in the house, you could hear the knocking. Some nights I would hear running footsteps accompanying the pounding. The activity happened nearly every night. As the nights passed, I started feeling a heavy presence in my room, a suffocating one, like a heavy weight sitting on my solar plexus constantly. Whatever was happening decided to latch onto me. So I guess he thinks that might be like related to the Bell Witch because of the pounding and stuff. And he lived in Adams, which is where the Bell Witch. <sighs> hmm. So maybe she left the Bell family and went to this family. Yeah, I think if she's real, I don't think she left. She probably no. meant left you. Yeah. But... That's true. She's not just going to lay dormant. I doubt no. it. She likes to raise hell. Yeah. Um, so event two. Things continue to escalate. Shocking. <laughs> One night, I was letting my golden retriever out. No. We had a ranch-style house overlooking the Red River. Where the bells lived. <laughs> the door we were exiting was on the back side of the house facing the river. As I open the door, I start hearing faint whispering, something akin to leaves being blown, scratching across the ground. 
I look up at the trees to see if the wind was blowing. Everything was perfectly still. It was fall in Tennessee, so ton, tons of leaves on the ground. They were not moving either. The scratch-blowing leaf noise continued, but as it continued, it grew closer and louder. It sounded like a language of some sort, like how you'd imagine an, in, an incantation or something nefarious in the tone of the sound. I looked back at my golden retriever. All of the hair on her back was standing up and she was snarling like a rabid wolf, mm -hmm. yet not barking, just kind of frozen in a fear response. Red flag. Yes. I started getting extremely nauseous and could smell sulfur, <gasps> which is common. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think I might have actually read somewhere where someone says something about smelling sulfur. Sulfur is... With the bell witch. Sulfur is actually with, supposedly with any supernatural entity okay. like especially with ghosts don't they even say bigfoot supposedly smells like sulfur that's because he just stank okay <laughs> okay that was totally <laughs> off topic but anyway i was completely frozen when my dog launches herself through the door's threshold and starts um snarling and chomping oh god no yeah <laughs> the voices were now coming from directly in front of me i could hear them as if someone was standing there a foot or two away i grabbed my dog mid-air and pulled her quickly inside <laughs> slammed the door and threw the deadbolt into place the door and frame shook violently as a vicious pounding started hammering on the threshold i ran with my dog to the center of the house flipping on every light along the way me like the light's gonna okay. keep her out exactly she doesn't care <laughs> so, we sat there, i run i run really yeah. fast if i have to turn a light on yeah um so we sat there all night alone until the sun came up ginger my golden retriever laid across my lap the entire night pressing Aww. into me while she whimpered for hours sweet baby that's terrifying i'm glad that she didn't kill the dog i know when you said take the dog out i was like oh here we go oh yeah i'm gonna cry yeah she would yeah oh yeah she would and all he could do was pet her to try and calm her down which was also helping me down regulate this was impossible though the entire night until sunrise the back door was thumping nope so event three. Oh no it happened when i was coming home from football practice I had all my gear in a gym bag over my so left like, shoulder. How old was this guy? 14 to 18. Oh, he's not an adult. No, he's a teenager. So he's in high school. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I had all my gear in a gym bag over my left shoulder. This is important because of how I entered the house. As I closed the front door behind me, I began setting down the gear bag from my left side, which caused me to look right. The room when you first walked in was our library, where we had a leather couch, chair, piano, bookshelves, and a wooden rocking chair. There was something sitting in the rocking chair. My peripheral vision caught it first, the chair going back and forth. Mm. As my vision centered on the chair, there was a humanoid-looking shape sitting there, head glancing downward at the book it was holding. No. Ugh. Humanoid? Yeah. That's the worst thing I've ever heard. Long black hair drawn down over its head no. and completely void of light. Ew, what? God, stop. Yeah. No, this is like the ring. I know. To picture what I saw, imagine the silhouette of a person, but rather a void of light. 
The light coming in around the edges of it seemed to be eaten up by the present void as the light slipped over the contour edges of the humanoid shape, like how black holes are visualized almost exactly. It felt like I jumped off a bridge into ice-cold water. I blasted myself backwards against the door, screaming, and fell down. As I was falling, I saw the void blur suddenly as it shot across the walls of the house and Mm -mm. out through a huge bay window overlooking the river. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. So basically, like, back in the way that the Bell family lived, because they lived on the Red River. Okay, and the golden retriever was actually in the next room, and um, she sprinted to chase the shadow across the walls, barking and clawing at the walls. And after it left through the window, the dog came up and um, laid on his lap until his parents got home. I'm speechless. So the dog is seeing it too, which do- they say dogs are very intuitive. intuitive. Yeah. yeah. So when Copper barks or any of my dogs, they get that little mohawk on the back of their back, you know, on their backs. If they start yeah. barking at nothing, I leave the room. I'm not there for the negative energy. Yeah. So um this is actually really long and um he has a whole bunch more events that happened how many events um like eight but then he has a bunch of edits edits yeah where he like writes more and stuff sir so we're gonna stop with just i just read the third event but if you want to read the rest of it go to reddit and it's the law underscore sun Send me a link to the... Um, yeah, we'll link it. To the post. Yeah. Um, yeah, because, I mean, we could sit here all day. and I yeah. know that feels like a cliffhanger, but I'm honestly like... Yeah, and it might not be related to the Bell Witch, but it's still um, kind of in the same realm. It's creepy, and like yeah. I'm already like... Upset. Yeah. <laughs> like, this reminds me of... Um, Blair Witch, but yes. also it gives me the vibe of you remember in Bryson where, um, on like on the like they were working on a railroad in a tunnel and they had a bunch of prisoners and they were all chained together and they made them do stuff in the river and they all ended up drowning. What Bryson, North Carolina? Yeah, no, yeah, and they um they all died like thirty of them. And they say, uh, Criminal, the podcast Criminal did a really good episode on this. I can't remember the name of it, but um, also my favorite murder did one. They say that you can still, like, hear their voices and stuff, like, begging for help and everything. This reminds me of that. Do you think it's real? Um, yeah. Like, I say no, but I know for a fact I don't want to go. Yeah. Because anything that happens, like, I don't want to go just in case. Yeah. I believe it's almost like, um, like playing with a Ouija board. Like, some people play with one and say nothing happens, and some people play with one and say everything happens. I know. So you just don't, I mean. (laughs) One time my friend and I, um, made 
we've made multiple like Ouija boards on printer paper oh, yeah. when we were a kid. Um, cause we thought like we were in the craft, you know, the movie and, um, like creepy stuff would always happen. But also this reminded me, she used to make me watch scary movies and I would cry. If you're listening to this, how dare you? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to haunt you. But one time we were watching the ring. Have you seen the ring? Yeah. Okay. You know how she calls and she says, you're going to die in seven days. Mm-hmm. Okay. One time we were watching it and, um, we got the the phone rang and we screamed so loud. But yeah, I don't do well under this kind of pressure. No. I wasn't built for that. I love this. We should do the Salem Witch Trials. Yes, we can. Mm, that's a good one. Okay, you guys. Well, this episode, um, this bonus episode is over, but we had a lot of fun, and Amber and I are so tired. We've been at this for almost six hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you guys have any questions, just check out the links below. Follow us on Instagram, Crime Cafe Pod. If you want to send us your scary uh, paranormal stories, I'd like to read those on episode. Mm-hmm. We get a bunch. Yeah, we want to do a listener. It doesn't have to be paranormal. It can be anything. You can tell me a story about, like, how you went to the gas station and something happened. Yeah, something scary. It doesn't have to be scary. That's true. Like, I'm just nosy. Yeah. I just want to know. Yeah, and we could tell, um, we have a few stories we could tell that would be good for an episode. Oh, yeah, we should. Like, our next episode should be, like, our cautionary tales. Like, Let's we should each tell five of our biggest mistakes that that we're okay with being publicized. Okay, yeah. Because <laughs> not all of them are, are good enough to be publicized. No. <laughs> um, but, um, that's it. That's all we have for today. Yep. <laughs> Bye. Bye.